You are now listening to the Bishop Stortford Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. What if God were to say to you today, I'm going to ask you to do something that is not that difficult, and it's certainly not beyond your reach, something that you can't do. It's something that you can actually do. Because that's what he actually said to Moses, and we looked at this last week in Deuteronomy 30, and he said to him, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you to love the Lord your God and walk in his way and keep his commandments. Uh, then you will live and increase, and the Lord will bless you in the land that you are entering. And I really feel strongly that that's what God is saying to us, that it's not difficult what he's asking us to do. It's not beyond our capabilities. He's putting life in front of us. And he's saying, if you will do the things that I've asked you to do, you will have success. You will live you will, the, the land that you're moving into, the year that you're moving into, the week that you're moving into, you will enter and possess it and I will bless you. And so he reiterates this and he says, choose life that you may live. And then he says, for I, the Lord, am your life. And then again, we saw that in chapter 31, the next chapter, he goes and he, Moses goes and speaks to um, Joshua and tells and commissions Joshua in front of all the people and says exactly the same thing. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or afraid because of them. For the Lord goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's where we started last week, saying it was a time to dream, a time to look to see how our world can be better, how we can create a new future that we can live in, and that it's actually within our hands. God calls us to be creators of our present and our future. And there are temptations, there are reckonings, there are choices we have to make. But I want to take it a step further today and read from Joshua, because Joshua has had Moses' story. He's been commissioned by Moses. But then when you get to Joshua chapter 1, and I'm going to read this to you because it's important, but we get to Joshua chapter 1, and God himself speaks to Joshua as an individual. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give you, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. So he's saying to them, get ready. Get yourself organized. You're going to go ahead and you're going to cross into a new world. And I will give this new world to you, but it's everywhere that your foot is placed, where there's got to be an action, an activity, a sense of taking responsibility and moving forward. And then it goes on in verse uh, 5. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's invoking the history that Moses has with him and that he's actually been with Moses this whole time. He's seen all the stuff. He knows all of this. But God is reaffirming that I will be with you as I was with Moses. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. And then he says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. That's the second time he says it. 
So it's be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Again, third time he's reinforced this. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And again, he then reaffirms that sense of presence of God going with him, as he's just done right at the beginning there. This is the the, the context for Joshua leading the people into the land, a land that they had to take with some difficulty, first Jericho, then Ai. And it's easy for us to uh, think, well, that was then, but this is now. We face a whole lot of different things. Each day we tread, we tread into a new Uh, part of the land that's never been claimed before. No one has seen what this day looks like. No one has faced the challenges that this day has brought. There's a fresh path that we are treading today into a new future, a new beginning. And it reminds me of Lamentations because in a way, when the uh, writer of Lamentations says, let's remember all the, the suffering and the wandering that there was, and our soul remembers this, and we remember it and call it to mind. But this is what we remember. And then he says in verse 22 of Lamentations 3, this is the reason we have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And the the writer of Lamentations is coming off the back of all sorts of difficult stuff that, is, that has happened. Lamentations is written as a lamentation, as a, a cry of uh, desolation, if you like. But in the middle of this whole process, he says, we have hope because God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And he reinvokes the fact that God is with them, that he is faithful. The Lord is my source, my inheritance. He's all that I need, is what he says. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. And we could, we could go on, but we've looked at that in the past. But here it is, that there is a new future, a new beginning, that each morning, each day, there is a freshness of every morning. We reinvoke this whole thing of God's faithfulness. That's why we have hope. Now, when we look at the context in which we live, when we stop and think of how do we take what we've looked at now in Deuteronomy 30 and 31 and Jeremiah 1, Lamentations 3, when we called to tread into a new year, into a new week, into a new day, how do we practically and concretely begin to live in a way that we choose life. Now, sometimes if we look at the big picture, and last week we did look at uh, a certain amount of of some of the things that are challenges that we face on a global scale. I don't want to re-look at that today. 
because sometimes when we we look globally we can be paralyzed we can think well there's so much there's it's such a big thing what difference can i make how can i do anything that will make any impact in this whole thing but the challenge of a new future is that as we um face it we face it not by looking at the whole thing but by dealing with what's right in front of us we can only take the next step we can only take the choice or the responsibility for what's in front of us right at this moment and i think that um as we as we begin to look at this whole process of um stepping into the future into a new future helping to create if you like a new future as we saw last week um one of the things that we have to do is to look around us and look at those things that are um the actual details of our own life and we i think i think it's important for us to look at at the things that are right in front of us now and not to to be too abstract but to look at the concrete things that we come into contact with and the practicalities of our own life because we grow we mature we 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 are enlarged by the way in which we give ourselves to the things that are in front of us now i'll make that clearer in a moment when we come to luke 16 but the the thing really for me is this the challenge when you look at it in a global sense can be quite overwhelming but the things that you face each day are little choices almost like tiny little micro choices that you have to make i have to make and it's as we make those and as we live into that situation that we realize that that's how hope comes it's not hopeless we can deal with the things that are in front of us now today and it's as we serve others it's as we open our eyes to what's around us to the people particularly that are around us that's how we grow and i think that it's important because um we're not called to make big big choices necessarily immediately but we do need to commit i think to small concrete positive actions that we can take now today whether it's sowing something into the future whether it's working for justice whether it's just being kind to somebody it's these small little actions that we take today that begin to be magnified over a process in a period of time so let me say this again we need to act today and to commit to small concrete positive actions that we can actually take you see we we begin in a way to be like jesus it's when he started when he um when he stepped out into his ministry he just when people came to him he prayed for them they got healed he didn't he didn't start out by saying oh no i just want to speak to um the roman emperor to begin with he started at the margins of society he started with the people that he came into contact with on a daily basis he began where he was he began with what was in front of him change is difficult and i think sometimes the biggest obstacle is that we in a sense 
And I think this is why God spoke so clearly to Joshua, because the task looks so large. It can be easy to be terrified, discouraged. And we do need courage. We do need to be strong. But the essence of what happened with Joshua was it was one step of obedience at a time. One of the dangers, I believe, is that we can become uh, a little bit like the rich man in the story from Matthew, uh, from Luke 16. There was a rich man who was dressed in pure purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. There's, there's just this little cameo of a picture. This is Jesus talking and he's telling his disciples. There's a parable that he's telling them. And in a sense, this beggar, Lazarus, was at his door every day, longing for just a scrap of something. The, the, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carry, carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called him, Father Abraham, have pity on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am agony in this fire. uh, uh, The rich man wants from Lazarus what he was unwilling to give to him when he had the, the, the capability and the capacity. And I think... We don't know how long Lazarus stayed at his door. We don't know, but it seems that the story is about the fact that there was this incredible indifference. He clearly had the means, but he did nothing to satisfy or help with what was right under his nose at his door. You come in and go out of your door. You've got to see that person. You've got to be able, you probably stumble over him. Who knows? But it's just, I think quite a vivid picture of the fact that we often get used to stuff that is right under our nose. And it may not be indifference, it may be just that we've become numb to it, that we've become cut off, and we need to see in a new and fresh way. Now, I think when you, when you think of Jesus, or with God himself, he's never indifferent. We need, to be, we need to be able to see, to be moved again by what's around us and to respond to it in a, in a positive way. God is always aware of what's going on. His, the essence of who he is is that he, he sees and moves and responds with some sort of action. And that's what he's calling us to do. And it may feel intimidating. It may feel a little bit like what we've been saying about Joshua, that um, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, be strong and courageous. But at the end of Matthew's gospel, after all the stuff that has happened, the words that are resonating in the disciples' ears when Jesus leaves and he commissions them to go and do the things that he's called them to do, go and make disciples of all nations, He says, and I will be with you. It's like, do not be discouraged, for I, the Lord your God, will go with you wherever you go. He's just reaffirming who he is. He's just saying, as the person who wrote Lamentation says, 
God's compassions never fail. His kindnesses never cease. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is absolutely faithful. And as we tread the path of this year, as we move into this new week, God is faithful. He is with us. Yes, it will take courage. Yes, we will need to be strong. We might be terrified. We might be discouraged. But he's saying, don't be, because I am with you. I will be with you wherever you go. It's a, it's, it's a constant theme, a constant um, affirmation, if you like, that we have the courage to act. It was the same last week as we looked at the Samaritan, the Levite and the priest. They were like the rich man who withdrew back into their world, kept it safe. The Samaritan went outside of himself. He, he saw what was there. He was moved with compassion and he took action. He is the one who behaved like God in that situation. But it took courage. It, he would have been terrified. He wouldn't, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have known that the people who'd beat up that man that was lying there, the, the robbers were still probably somewhere fairly close by. But he stops and he cares. He takes action. As we go into this week, here are some things to reflect, uh, for us to reflect on, questions we need to look at, I think. Let's think now in terms of, in your world, the world that you inhabit, if you knew that you could do one thing that would not fail, one thing that would bring healing to your world, what would it be? And when you begin to identify that, stop and think, well, what one specific thing can I do to see that happen, to see that thing being achieved, that, uh, set a goal, if you like, that is achievable within the next 12 months, and say, if I can change one thing to bring healing in my world, my life, my environment, what would it be? And then begin to look at what you have in your hand. What do you need? What could stop you? But here's the next thing, and the most important question, I think. What step, what next step, what small step, if you like, can I take this week? Whether it's an email, a call, a time to reflect, a time to make some notes, a time to make some concrete decisions to be accountable for. What small step can I take to see healing come to my world, the world that I inhabit? Because this is what the Lord said to Joshua as he embarked into a new world. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God bless. I'll see you on Sunday. 